0: She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred and two pounds of
1: dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
0: And Andrea is off tonight. Welcome to the Answer San Diego's Andrea Kay Show. Yours truly Brian Maloney filling in. Uh, once again, a pleasure to be here again. Andrea will be back tomorrow. We would love to get your thoughts about the Virginia election and what it means for everybody in the country uh, in 2022 and 2024, because this result and everything that happens, including the shenanigans uh, that are already occurring in one Virginia county, we're gonna talk about that in a few minutes. uh, You know, this affects us. This is the race to watch. So we're talking about the latest returns as they come in. I've got all the numbers in front of me. Uh, We'll also be looking at a few other races, too, although none of them are as important as the Virginia governor. I was kind of hoping for a close result in New Jersey with the uh, gubernatorial race there. They had not really gotten a lot of attention, but uh, the numbers that are coming in so far, look fairly good for incumbent democrat phil murphy who is is one of the tyrants uh that we would love to get rid of but you know it's new jersey what are you going to do but what would be interesting to see we only have about 15 percent of the vote in so far it would be interesting to see that race tighten and one of the things i think that is so important tonight uh, is to see, you know, our counties swinging one way or the other. So, you know, maybe we lose a race, uh, but the county swung 10 points, you know, in our favor. Uh, so that's what our 20 points. And I'm going to have some examples of that coming up uh, in Virginia. So we're going to talk about some of that because that really, really matters. What we're trying to do here is figure out where the American people are at after a couple years of, of sheer insanity uh, and and a new world regime that seems bent on controlling our lives and telling us what to do. And, uh, and, you know, well, you know, it, you've lived it. So I don't have to tell you about it. So we're wondering where is the voter backlash and also what are the issues that are driving people, getting people to the polls to do something uh, rather than, you know, sit back and complain, are they actually voting? And then the big question that is weighing on all of us, and I know I could speak for you on this is, you know, to what extent is cheating involved? And it's always going to be a part of this. The question is, can it be, you know, can it be overcome? And that's the problem. So now you you know, we have been kind of cheating margin in every race and you've got to overcome that. So it's not enough to just win by a little. Uh, you have to win by a lot. So, Brian, what do you think, uh,
1: real quickly chiming in, I hear a lot of people talk about uh, other hosts here on the, on the uh, Salem-San Diego station that say that that's why we need turnout. And if you have enough turnout and enough Republicans going out there and voting that you can overcome the cheating, what do you say to that?
0: Well, I think, I think it's hard to steal a lopsided result. So if you have a blowout race, um, it is too hard for them to cheat because the numbers would look even more absurd than some of the numbers we saw last year. And you know uh, that they you know, so I think what you do need is something where you have a candidate that goes out there and knocks their socks off and makes it impossible to cheat. But what we have so far in Virginia tonight, and I think that's a great point, You know, the one thing I don't ever want to hear again is a defeatist attitude Oh, why bother to vote. They just they just steal it anyway. The bottom line is you still have to vote. I mean, you you can't let them win that easily. Yeah, they cheat, but we still vote and we still fight. Uh, I think it's all in our attitude. but you know what we already have, and I don't know if you heard about this already. And by the way, I want to get your thoughts about this. And coming up in a short bit, we're going to have author Peter Navarro uh, checking in with us. He has a new book out, and he'll have some thoughts on all this that's going on too. One eight 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 three four four eleven seventy one triple eight three four four eleven seventy on the answer, San Diego, Brian Maloney in Fort Andrea Kay. So, to give you the latest results that have come in just this second, uh, what we have is for Republican Glenn Youngkin, a lead of 219,000 votes exactly uh, over Democrat Terry McAuliffe, uh, who I call Terry McAwful, and I think I'm not the only one that does. Uh, I think he's one of the worst candidates. I I realize he was previously the Virginia governor uh, years ago and is running again, but The bottom line here is that was one of the worst campaigns I've seen in ages run by the Democrat and one of the best by Youngkin, the Republican that I've seen in a long time. So for once, uh, you know, the Republicans are running the good campaign, uh, the Democrats are not. So that, that turns things on its ear a little bit. I mean, Youngkin has run a very positive campaign and he really zeroed in on the issue that matters most or appears to matter most to voters right now. And that is education at the local level, because I mean, quite frankly, what we're seeing are people who are saying, if you attend a school board meeting, we're calling the FBI, and you're going to have a SWAT team out in front of your house. That's the America that we're living in now that we can no longer recognize. So that was, and partly McAuliffe handed Youngkin that issue by making those asinine comments. Uh, you know, and it basically supporting this push to to have the feds investigate concerned parents at local school board meetings as though this has become some kind of insane dictatorship. So that's, you know, that's what we're seeing the results of tonight. So the big the big question, though, is to what extent can they figure out how to turn around this vote tonight and get the numbers that they need? To, to ensure that McAuliffe can still pull it off, uh, you know, even though he's 219,000 votes behind at the moment. Well, so we got our answer very early on how they're planning to do this, and that is by holding back the Fairfax County vote, which is a very liberal suburban county that borders Washington, D.C. and is full of federal workers and people who need the monstrous deep state to continue for the sake of their jobs and everything else. They are totally at odds with us as Americans, and that's, that's just how it is. So they said they would hold back the votes in Fairfax, not deliver them, and then they had, they would have to rescan, rescan most of the votes in Fairfax County. That was an announcement that they made after the polls closed at 7 PM. So for some reason, the blue counties can never figure out how to report their numbers until hours and hours later. But I think there's another side to this that bothers me continually. And that is the willingness of the red counties to, you know, put their returns in right away at one minute after 7 PM when the polls close. And then that gives the blue counties, the numbers they need to know how much they have to pad the results to cheat. And and, you know, when, uh, and that's the problem. I would like to see the red counties start to withhold their numbers for five or six or eight hours and throw off the fairfax counties and the loudon counties and that those kinds of places prince william county the suburban dc blue areas of virginia that have turned that state blue uh that's what uh yeah that's what we need to see but it's you know the, the red counties have their acts together the blue counties you know pretend they don't and that's so that they can hold their votes back until they know what to do so you know this is <laughs> We have to change how this goes down before it hurts us next year. We we can't keep going through this each election.
1: It looks like right now, Brian, I mean, I'm as confident that Youngkin is going to win as I was in 2020 when I went to bed and Trump held those six swing states. You know, Biden was way down in all of them. You know, are we going to see the same thing tomorrow morning? I'm afraid of that.
0: Well, and I think that's a very valid concern, especially when we're seeing, you know, Fairfax is an enormous county. And to hold all of that back, we do actually have some Fairfax numbers. Technically, 58% of it is in, and Youngkin has 34%, McAuliffe has 66%. But what they're saying is they have to rescan all the votes as though there's some sort of major error that has occurred. Um, and that's where the funny stuff will happen. So it's going to be the same thing where they shut down overnight. And then tomorrow, like you said, oh, we needed 200, and, you know, so uh, young kid is ahead by now, 223,000 votes. It's just an updated total with a little bit more. And so 69% of the total in, in Virginia now. So, you know, that's the bottom line, as you say. I mean, I went to bed uh, last year, same thing on election night. Look, sure looked good. And then by the morning, sure enough, you know they stopped counting in those key states in the middle of the night i mean they had this all figured out so why would they deviate from that plan now when that's what works and nothing has been done to stop it from happening again so you know that's the bottom line we could all go to bed tonight thinking this thing looks great and we also don't know what mail-in ballots are still out there to come in and that's i think where the steel has been perfected i mean you, you know you don't know what number of mail-in ballots are coming but they know what the margin is that they need to overcome so that it always works in their favor. They're able to add their numbers last uh, our numbers come in first. Uh, and that's why we lose. So I don't know why we keep playing this game in a, in a way that, yeah, you know, where they have it rigged and, and we just sit there and take it and allow this. I think it's foolish.
1: Brian, unless we yeah. get this election integrity, you know, at a place where the voters feel secure, they're they're gonna keep winning. They're gonna they're gonna keep doing the same thing each and every time and we're not gonna get a different result. So we need to stop expecting that and we need to step up and change the way things are done.
0: Well, that's exactly right. I think, you know, this this should be a lesson for us either way. Uh, Whether we eke out a victory or whatever the term is there, um, you know, if if this is a squeaker or whatever, I don't know, um, whatever the right word here is, uh, you know, either way, it is something where when you look at everything that's gone on in this country in the last couple of years, why is anybody still voting blue? I mean, I mean, they're basically out to get you. I mean, they're saying it to your face. Um, you know, they want you arrested. They want you destroyed. I mean, they're saying it. They don't even hold back in the I mean, he he came right out and said he was for the FBI, Um, you know, coming to your home if you were too loud at a school board meeting. I mean, it's so different
1: now, Brian. They used to, like, be sly and hide it. They don't hide Uh, it anymore. They're very upfront with how they want to run things. Well, and this is how the left has changed
0: in the last couple of years. I mean, they were always very sneaky, always very careful and crafty. Uh, and their real agenda was always carefully hidden, even from people like me and you who watched them carefully, uh, you know, what their real agenda was, was far more extreme than even I ever realized or anybody else has been watching them my entire life. Uh, and, and, but now it's just out in the open. Here's the crazy, uh, you know, (laughs) don't you want more of this? (laughs) And I think most people are running a hundred miles an hour away, you know, away from them. Uh, so, you know, if the elections are close, uh, I don't think it reflects where the people are. It's hard to find people who, who back this anymore or this, this insanity. So we have what we have coming up, by the way, one triple eight three four four eleven seventy if you'd like to join us on the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney filling in on the Answer San Diego. Coming up in just a minute, we have author Peter Navarro. He's got a great new book. And we're going to talk to him about the results tonight as well and see what he thinks about this. Uh, in addition to giving you the latest election news this evening, Andrea back tomorrow. We've got so much more ahead. So let's hear from you.
1: More from the Andrea K-Show
0: at ourfreenation.org.
1: Just search Andrea K. Kay,
0: spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: A K Dynamite and Address or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
0: It's the Andrea Kay Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on The Answer San Diego. So great to have you with us. one We will continue to bring you election results throughout the hour. The latest numbers that we have show, uh, Republican Glenn Youngkin ahead in the Virginia gubernatorial race by uh, 220,000 roughly. 221,000. So his lead has widened a little bit, but as we were talking about before the break, uh, the bottom line here is we don't know what kind of hijinks they will be up to tonight, especially in Fairfax County, where they've both withheld some votes and have said they will be rescanning many of them without a clear explanation as to why that happens to be a very blue county. And later we're gonna go into where some of the places that some of the counties are swinging, which way they're going and what that means. So this is all about America. This is the bellwether uh, race that will determine so much next year. Uh, pleased to have with us tonight on the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney filling in, Peter Navarro, who was the assistant to the president and during the Trump administration, Director of Trade manufacturing policy during uh, Trump's term American economist and author of a new book called in Trump Time which can be pre-ordered now welcome Peter Navarro to the answer San Diego
2: Brian I'm, I'm so pleased to be with you this is a, a potentially historic night uh, this Virginia race is indeed uh, a bellwether uh, it's it's basically um, a referendum on all the the, the woke, crazy, progressive policies, whether it's critical race theory or or forced uh, masks in schools uh, or all the things that that a lot of the uh, mama bears uh, are rising up against. Um, And if if this result holds, um, it's going to send an important signal to the Biden regime and Capitol Hill um they're, they're, it'll be over. They won't be able to pass those crazy uh trillion dollar bills to nowhere. but let me give you a warning here, Brian, even though young's sure. ahead, and even though there's people who have projected him to winner already, the in trump time book at the end of it it goes over chapter and verse uh how the election was stolen from Donald Trump, and there's a guy who played a key role in the Trump steal named Mark Elias, who worked for a, company, mm-hmm. uh, a firm called Perkins Coy. And they were the ones who des- devised what I call in the intrump Cod book, the, the whole s- grand stuff the ballot box strategy with absentee and mail in ballots. It turns out that this guy, Elias, one of the worst figures in, in, in politics is actually McCallus Terry McCallus. Chief strategist and right hand man. So if there's any chicanery that's going to go on, Brian, um, they've got the the, the 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 Wizard of Steel basically right. helping. who I look, you know this, I know this. He's one of the sleaziest political figures ever. He was tight with the Clinton machine. He played a role in uh, in, in the Russia hoax stuff as did Elias. So this one, uh, people are projecting. Yeah. um uh, Young in the winter, but I, I'm saying, you know, like like with as with Trump, I thought he won on election night, and sure enough, by uh, by the uh, by the next day, they uh, they stuffed that ballot box with with some really strange Whoa. stuff.
0: Yeah. So Peter Navarro, now you do live in in D.C. right? Are you in the area or in D.C. itself? Or I mean, oh, yeah. so you were.
2: I, I think you know this. I, I once ran for mayor of, of the city that I still uh, regard as the finest uh, in the world, and, and um, uh, yeah, that was years ago when I lived out in Laguna Beach, uh, teaching at UC Irvine. But after the um, uh-huh. election was over, I sold my house out there and, and I've settled in DC, at least for now. I wanted to be here actually to write the interim time book. Um, it's a. Uh, it's literally after. I, it's kind of interesting. I'm the only I'm one of three senior officials who was actually with the president from the campaign in 2016 all the way to the end. And I began mm-hmm. in 2017 keeping um, a daily journal. Um, I, I did that not just for history, but also to hold people accountable. Because I saw early on that there's just so many people inside the administration that were disloyal to the Trump agenda. Oh, so oh it, in DC, infuriating. I'm, yeah, I'm um, looking out my window at the Washington Monument. Yeah, you know, this is like a, it's like a neutron bomb hit this place because the mayor, uh, is one of those woke, uh, woke liberals that sh- shut right. down all the businesses here. And it's really kind of sad, but the, 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 the interim time book, I think it's an important one, uh, because it deals with, Well, first of all, uh, Fauci, uh, one of the missions of the book is make sure that he gets fired and winds up in an orange jumpsuit. I I really detail a lot of the pain he's inflicted on the American people. But there's there's also a lot about uh, communist China uh, and how they're attacking us, uh, not just with the virus, but with another way. (laughs) And San Diego is such a wonderful place with with such a strong military component there that, that they understand how good Trump was and how important it, it is to be mindful of the China threat. So uh, right. I glad to speak with you tonight on this, uh, this potentially historic night, we're going to see what happens in the clear well, light yeah. of, a, of a Virginia so,
0: Dawn. Well, right now, that, that, absolutely. Uh, Peter Navarro, I really want to ask you then, because I assume you still have Trump's ear. and. Assuming he runs again, although sometimes I wonder if he really will or not, but the prevailing wisdom is that he will. So we'll, we'll go on that assumption. What kind of advice would you give him this time? Because what I will say is I didn't find the reelection campaign to be as focused as the first campaign. I thought it should have made a very strong case for particular issues. And it kind of it just seemed like too many cooks were in the kitchen or too many people were giving him advice, uh, including some people who didn't want him to win, who had his ear. Uh, and I think the result was a little bit of a muddled message that could have been more uh, streamlined. So what would you tell him or what are you telling him if you're speaking to him now about what what he should do differently next time?
2: Yeah, you know, Ryan. I, I think that's an astute observation uh, you, you made, and and I go back to the old saying in the Reagan administration that personnel is policy, and in the in Trump time book, I update that to to, to say bad personnel is bad policy and bad politics. And and the in Trump time book, you know, there's plenty of heroes in it, but but the, some of the villains were actually the campaign itself, the Trump campaign. And, uh, particularly in the aftermath of that, I, I, I'm, I'm very critical of Bill Stepien, who was the campaign strategist, Justin Clark, um, who mm-hmm. was, was supposed to run the legal operation and Jared Kushner. I, I, they, they, and then the guy who basically clean, cleaned out the money train, uh, Brad Parscale, who got fired. Yeah. I mean, we were in yeah. a position where in the in the last weeks we we had raised the record number of amount of money, and they'd blown it
0: and, and well, so, Brad Pascal, uh, what happened to the money that i mean did he did he take money i mean it looked like he may have i mean what what became of that money? I never heard anything about that afterward
2: a lot of it just went up in smoke i mean they they took i mean think about this they spent uh i don't know something like a million dollars on a thirty second Super Bowl ad, you know,
0: that's right, right, right. Ten months oh,
2: before the I mean, it's like that's crazy stuff. But but I think the broader point you, you really hit on this, like the the beauty of Donald Trump, and, and when I was the top economic advisor in the 2016 campaign, our, our message was "Make America Great Again," and here's the economic plan. We're going to have to do it, and you know, right. tax cuts, deregulation, strategic energy dominance, and energy independence. Plus all the fair trade stuff that that, I, that was my remit essentially cracking down on China, putting on steel tariffs. We laid that all out, and I I, I think you're right that that um, uh, we could have had a more focused message on that. We could have been harder on China. Um, I had in the In Trump time book there's a there's a wonderful set of chapters about how I was trying to get a presidential executive order signed. That would have uh, held China, communist China, uh, accountable for for the virus spawning, for the costs it imposed upon America, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and equally important for how it's been using the virus to uh, attack American and advance its political agenda. That's all all in the book. But I, I must right. say, at the, at, at the, it's also true. Yeah, that the interim time book, I think, proves beyond any reasonable doubt that that election was stolen. And the people who let the president down um, didn't didn't allow him, didn't make it lose. It made
0: it close enough to steal. And that's where and and they and they didn't stand up for him. And they didn't stand up for him. uh, You know, after the after Election Day, those people scurried around. I mean, now now you tell me, though, the sinking ship. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, Peter, Barr, tell me, uh, really, does Trump realize that to run again, he needs uh, almost an entirely new team that most of the faces need to go, uh, including and especially Jared Kirshner, who I think has no place in, in any future Trump operation, period, because I think he led Trump the wrong way so many times. Uh, I can't even count it. And he sure as heck didn't do anything to stand up uh, for Trump after that election day. So, I mean, the bottom line here is if he runs again, is Trump willing to do things a lot differently with different people?
2: Uh, one thing I can tell you about President Donald John Trump is that he will forgive, but he never forgets.
0: Well, that's And good. he
2: knows who was with him. He, you know, he, he when we talk, he, he always says, like, yeah, you were one of the few who stood by me. Um, and he knows uh, who weren't. You know, like Mulvaney. I mean, that punk, Mick Mulvaney, the acting chief of staff. I, you, you read the In Trump Time book. There's some very interesting stories about how he let the president down. But you know what? Even though the, the boss quietly let him out the door, he President Trump gave him a nice little landing spot is the ambassador to Northern Ireland, right? And that punk, right. Levain, he's a punk. Well, the right, Green right, right. The president by resigning in protest and blaming wrongly Donald Trump for the violence on Capitol Hill. There's a great story in the In Trump Time book about uh, what we called the Green Bay Sweep. It's something that Bannon uh, uh, strategized over. And it, what we were going to do... and me, the president, and and 100 congressmen on Capitol Hill, um, was going to, uh, with with Pence as the quarterback in the Green Bay suite, was to basically uh, create a situation where uh, the the public would be allowed to see how much uh, election irregularities there were. And Pence's only role was to send the, the votes back to the states for two weeks so that we could look yeah. at that and, 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 and see if we could build the case for the steel, right? And what right. happened was, like, Pence, I portray him in Shakespearean terms as, as the Brutus who betrayed the American Caesar. And it's a fascinating story, but, Brian, you're right. I mean, there were so many people at the end who were telling oh. him, like, oh just yeah. just walk away and, you know and
0: and and, and we're here, down to our just our out. last little bit yeah. of, the, of the segment i'm i'm sorry to but but peter i will just say in here that it was infuriating just you know from from this side outside the beltway looking in seeing the constant yeah. leaking to the hostile press you don't see that going on uh in the biden uh to, you know white house you don't see that but you saw it every day in the trump white house it was obscene to see this well, I'm so appreciative of your time tonight, Peter Navarro, your book, uh, In Trump Time. So, I guess pre orders are available now. I'm following you now on Twitter. So, in uh, your real P. Navarro, it looks like on Twitter. So, it, this has been a, truly a pleasure. Thank you so much. and I look forward to reading your book.
2: Great to talk to San Diego again. Uh, I love that city, and
0: uh, God bless all of you. Thank you so much. This is the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight. 1 888 344 1170, 1 1170 for your thoughts about any of this. We're going to have a lot more in terms of election results coming up in just a minute. The latest numbers and reactions from you and everyone else. Stay tuned. <music> Get more from The Andrea K. Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K., spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: Andrea K., bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
0: All right, so we're getting right back into this because we have updated numbers coming in. And from some very surprising places, this is the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego with Brian Maloney filling in again. It's truly a pleasure to be with you tonight as we talk about election results with Andrea back tomorrow. We would love to have your thoughts about this if you'd like to check in from anywhere. It 344 1-888-344-1170. That's one 1-888- 888 Three four four eleven seventy. Now, I have some genuinely shocking developments coming from, of all places, New Jersey. What I said earlier in the hour that I was hoping for was a close result, uh, where if the Republican just came close to uh, Democrat incumbent Phil Murphy in that state's gubernatorial race, I thought that would send a very powerful message with no thought that Perhaps the Republican could actually win in New Jersey. But what we have right now is an absolute shocker, and that is a neck-and-neck race in New Jersey. Only 30% of the vote in, and I'm sure that uh, areas that are very, very blue have not come in yet. I'm looking at counties, and it's kind of hard to tell so far. I'm looking at the numbers and I'm assuming that in counties that are favorable to the Democrat, they come in last. We see this every election. So that's the bottom line. Uh, but, I mean, to have this close for even a little while, I think, does show a very interesting uh, in fact. The network's considering it too close to call to even be there. So incumbent Democrat Phil Murphy, who is, as I've said, one of the tyrant governors out there, one of the top five or six Tyrannical regimes in this country right now has 49.7% of the vote, 414,000 votes. Uh, Jack, uh, and I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. I don't know anything about him other than he's a former GOP assembly, uh, state assembly member. Uh, Jack. Sia Torelli, I don't know. Uh, you know if anybody. So, Brian, do you think
1: it. that if both of these, even if they go to the Democrats, being as close as they're probably going to end up, do you think this is going to give the Democrats out there a little bit more pause, at least unless the elections are federalized? That hey, maybe these policies are going to uh, not go in our our favor if we keep this no. up.
0: Yeah, I think that the Republican coming even in the end within three points of Phil Murphy would be a, a political earthquake. And right now there are only 1,500 votes separating the two. So the Republican is only 1,500 votes behind Phil Murphy with 30% of the vote in. So this isn't, you know, just early numbers. We do have some solid numbers from some parts of New Jersey going on right now. So, and I'll continue to see the latest numbers here. Uh, Some networks are better about updating their numbers than others. So I've been watching different networks to see who has the latest. And so this is a, a, in fact, this is incredible Uh, NPR. I mean, I'm looking at networks I I despise uh, normally, but you know, they, some of them are bringing in numbers. They show now with the latest update with 31% in, they show the Republican ahead in the New Jersey wow. gubernatorial race by uh, twenty five hundred votes. And again, we don't have enough numbers from the more urban counties to to say that there's any chance of, of the Republican winning. I would, I, like I said, I'm hoping for a three point margin. Uh, I'm sure Murphy gets another term. No one has expected Murphy to lose. That is, wasn't even on the radar tonight and very few people have even been paying attention to this race. Everything's been about Virginia and I'll have the latest numbers there in a second. Can but, you imagine I mean, the
1: blow yeah. to the democratic e- e- ego, Brian, that if Murphy actually did lose when that wasn't even on the table going into tonight?
0: Well, it, it would be an, a political upheaval. Unlike anything, I, I think any of us could imagine. I mean, I think it's, it's, it was not even something that we thought possible. And I have an update now uh, with 31% in that now shows the Republican ahead by 4,500 or 600 votes. 4,600 votes, the Republican is ahead in New Jersey. Um, again, we don't expect that to hold, but I mean, who knows? I mean, you just know, you know, a lot of this is also about turnout. How motivated were uh, the blue counties in turnout if nobody thought there was a contest there? And maybe a lot of Republicans and independents did go to the polls um and, and the bottom line there is maybe apathy uh hit the Democrats. I don't know, but you know the whole thing here is that um you know when when things start happening that are unexpected and I'll tell you right now that the numbers that we have in Virginia uh are very unexpected from from my perspective. I just didn't think that uh that this was um this kind of margin that we have so far. We have youngkin ahead in Virginia 53.1% Terry McCall is 46.2% And Newsmax
1: is already projecting him the winner. I mean that's a good sign. Uh, I you know I think it's too soon. I do too, but I, you know Newsmax is, uh I mean they're pretty credible so
0: Oh they are they are and I have no issue with Newsmax, but what I'm saying is with the shenanigans going on in deep blue Fairfax County. Yep. Uh and you know that they're saying they have to rescan all the votes. With that, I don't, you know, I don't trust this at all. So, you know, you, you and I said earlier in the hour we wake up tomorrow morning, you know, and we see this entirely having changed. So that's the problem here. Uh, so Fairfax County supposedly eighty-one percent of the vote is in, uh, and but again, you know, when they start rescanning things and shut down for the night, we'll see what what's actually going on. So, uh, but Youngkin is hanging on to a decent margin so far. Uh, looks like a hundred and uh eighty four see what a uh, hundred and eighty four thousand pretty significant in my head on yeah it's significant he was ahead by two hundred thousand earlier but um but the issue here, and this is why I would never call this one now is that the red counties you know there's pretty much especially those rural counties smaller counties, they've reported, I mean, those guys have 95% in 99% in, and you look at that across the map, but it's a very red looking map tonight. Uh, and, and the blue counties in in Virginia, uh, you know, are are few and far between, but unfortunately, you know, they have large populations in those counties. The one thing I noticed, I, I think that is so striking, I think it says so much about America today is the fact that, You don't have too many close counties. You don't have swing counties anymore. It's either really, really red or really, really blue. So it it seems like people have basically moved to where you know they're wanted and welcome, uh, and don't live in places where where they're not anymore. It seems like people have voted with their feet and moved accordingly, and that shows up in these results. In fact, and, and in the little bit of time that I have left tonight, I'm going to go into how some of the counties have shifted because we actually have some numbers on that there is a uh let's see corey deangelis uh, on twitter you can follow deangelis corey is he is uh with school choice now cato institute he has been tracking the swings in individual counties and what he's seeing is uh very significant swings and one way things are swinging in some of the blue counties in Virginia is where maybe, uh, the, they, they went to Democrat by, you know, 50 points, uh, last year, maybe they went a Democrat by 30 points this time. So you see, that can make an enormous difference if you lose your extremely lopsided margin in some of these places. Uh, That comes back to haunt you. So we have some individual places where these numbers are kind of shocking, and even some places that have swung Republican that weren't before. But I still think, to me, the biggest news tonight is seeing the Republican ahead in New Jersey, even if it only holds for a little while. Um, to be there at all. And the Republican now has the lead over incumbent Democrat, uh, Phil, uh, Phil Murphy, Republican or Democrat governor of New Jersey, the incumbent, uh, the Republican is now ahead by over 15,000 votes. So, like, you know, we can enjoy it while it lasts. It's a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, we're going to continue here and we have time for your thoughts if you want to squeeze yourself in tonight, one 888 344 the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney filling and she's back tomorrow here on the Answer San Diego. Show strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on ourfreenation.org. Just search Andrea K, Kay, spelled K A Y E.
1: News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
0: All right, so we are tracking the latest election results, and I understand that, uh, that uh, President Trump has declared. Glenn Youngkin, the winner of the GOP or the Virginia gubernatorial race, he has said, and Newsmax has declared Youngkin the winner. I haven't done it because I just don't think that uh, we can trust what will happen overnight. I think you know uh, we've been through this too many times. This is the Andrea Kay Show with Brian Maloney filling in on the answer. San Diego one triple eight three four four eleven seventy. If you want to squeeze in, and the last second here with a thought. One eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So right now what we have in Virginia is Glenn Youngkin with 80% of the vote in ahead by 185,000 votes. Now, you know, ordinarily we would have thought that was not, you know, not something that could be overcome, but the problem is we don't know about mail-in ballots and in, in Fairfax County shenanigans, that kind of thing. Um, now, what we've been following just for fun uh, is also the New Jersey gubernatorial race that no one had paid any attention to or thought that Phil Murphy would, uh, Governor Phil Murphy, Democrat, would have any problem winning another term. And what has happened instead is an extremely tight race uh, where I just, I was just about to say that uh, that Phil Murphy had had retaken the lead. Uh, and and then an update just flashed right this second, showing that the Republican is back in the lead with 36% of the vote. And this has been swinging back and forth all night. Uh, I, I still believe that there are urban areas left to be counted that will Make it over the top for Phil Murphy, but gosh, Brian, it makes you hope, point. though, doesn't it? Well, it does make you hope, but you always know you've been through enough of these elections, and you know I just got another update now that shows the Republican. I'm going to try to not slaughter his name. He's a former assembly member. He is Jack Ci Ciattarelli. Ciattarelli I don't know. You know, a very Italian name. Uh, and he has uh, 516,000 votes. Uh, Democrat Phil Murphy, the incumbent, has 509,000 votes. So we now have about uh, what six and a half thousand votes uh, where the Republican is ahead in New Jersey. So yeah, we can hope. We can pray. Um, you know, I, I don't know how likely it is, but it's been it sure has been fun uh, reading off numbers like that for the period that we're in right Poor now. Poor New Jersey. I mean, It's New Jersey. I mean, you know, it's, it's a solid blue state. It's not a state where you think anything like this could ever happen. So, I mean, I mean, did, did New Jersey have Republican governors and senators at one time? Yeah. But I mean, you you remember who it was, you remember him, right? Uh, so, you know, they weren't exactly people that, that we were thrilled to have uh, in the, in the party at all. So, that's one thing. So the latest in Virginia now is, uh, looks like, yeah, so that, that lead looks like it's continuing. Glenn Youngkin, 53% of the vote. Terry McAuliffe, 46.4% of the vote. Uh, and a few votes for an independent running as well. And it's a very, very red looking map in Virginia. Uh, very, very red. Uh, with just a few blue counties. And what I was talking about earlier was Corey DeAngelis, who is on Twitter. Uh, You can follow him at, uh, let's see, I think it's, yeah, DeAngelisCorey, at DeAngelisCorey. And he has been giving a play-by-play on counties in Virginia and their swings, because I think this is actually more important than anything that goes on tonight, is looking at the swings. What's going on from one election to the next? And he gives examples, uh, Henrico County, Virginia, 328,000 people live there. Uh, in the 2020 election, it went Dem plus plus 29%. So it's 29% over the Republicans. Uh, today, Democrats ahead by only 9%. So they lost 20 points in a, in a deep blue county. Um, so we have Prince William County, Virginia, another deep blue county. Last year, Dems up 27 points, today, Dems up seven points. So they've lost 20 points there. This is where I think everything matters right here. I mean, you know, people are swinging. They're changing their votes in blue counties and they're losing, uh, you know, the, the blue places are still blue. I'm not going to say that, but what I'm going to say is they're a little less blue tonight by, I think, 20 points of a lot of people that have changed their vote. So, uh, you know, we have, let's see. Oh, we have Chesterfield County, Virginia, 344,000 people. Last year, it was Dems uh, up by seven points. Today, it's Republicans up by 11 points. That swung 18 points the other way to the Republicans. So it's been an incredible night. And uh, so Andrea should be back tomorrow. And it's been a pleasure filling in for her on the Answer San Diego uh, such an enjoyable evening, especially reading these kinds of results. This has been Brian Maloney in and for Andrea K on and the Answer San Diego. Have a wonderful night. We'll see what happens tomorrow.